What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. And we're now on YouTube! So if you or someone you know prefers to listen to shows on YouTube, please recommend them Found Bites GRS on YouTube. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Chance of Sennar is the game for this week's episode. Chance of Sennar is a 3D puzzle adventure game, and I see a lot of similarities with games we've talked about before, like Return of the Obra Dinn and Witchwood, certainly in uh, the gameplay style or the format of what you're trying to do. But I'm also seeing a lot of comparisons to two games, one called Heaven's Vault and another more recent called Tunic. I think mainly because these games are like language-based, um, so definitely see the similarities here, but I have not played those two games. The game was originally released in September of 2023 on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. The game was developed by Rundisk, which is a small team from Toulouse, France. And so shout out to a small team from France. They've made a previous game called Varian, V-A-R-I-O-N. Uh, I have not played that. It looks pretty kinetic, pretty interesting. The game was published by Focus Entertainment, and they've made games like Other Side and Vampire or Vampire. The game had a vinyl release for the original soundtrack in just this winter, actually, uh, 23-24. It is currently in pre-orders, so you can go to Focus Entertainment's website, and I think they did a collaboration with Laced Records, so that is available now. The game does have a platinum trophy. It would require two plays because you have to get two different trophies for two different endings, but you could save scum it, if you know what that means. Basically, upload your save to the PSN, do one of the endings, and then download it to kind of go back to where your save was and then in between when you do the first inning you get the trophy and then you can get the second one the game had an msrp of 19.99 on release uh, that vinyl soundtrack is available for pre-order for 29.99 which is a solid deal runtime of the game it's fairly linear although you can definitely find yourself going back and forth in this sandbox uh, but it should really only take you about nine hours if you're just going straight through and you kind of know what to do. You might meander a little bit or go back and forth, especially when it comes to figuring out some of these words. That might take you over 10, maybe closer to 12 hours, which is eventually what I put into it. And I got this on sale on PSN for 
$15.99, so I've been playing it on my PS5, sometimes playing it on the PlayStation Portal, and I did just get the Platinum Trophy. My wife and I were playing this together. Uh, it's kind of like a tag team thing, and we took a little more than 12 hours, but we did get the Platinum Trophy, and I did save Scummit, unfortunately, but there was no way I was going to play through this game an entire second time. In terms of recommendations, I had not heard of this. No one recommended this game. Uh, what happened is I actually saw it in the Game Awards sale, because I believe it was nominated for something, and so I saw it on sale, had some great colors, great combinations there. I like the idea of language and trying to deduce what words mean, so I took a chance on it and I dove in. Let's talk gameplay for Chance of Sonar. So let's go through some of the basics first. So this is kind of a third-person game. You're going to have this isometric camera, and you'll be able to move your character. And sometimes the camera will move with you if you need to, like, walk through a building or walk through a door or something like that. Um, and you're still on that same screen. So the camera will move. Uh, but your character, you're able to move them with the joystick. And they're really just going to walk at one pace, but it's actually pretty fast, which is nice. And a lot of what you're going to be doing is interacting with different icons that are on the screen. And what's good about them is when you get close to them, if you press the button, they'll, like, automatically like walk over to it and do the thing but some of these things might be going through a door or opening a door going through an opening it might be going up to view something closer and this could be looking at words looking at pictures posters or things on the wall these could be machine interactions so you might see a machine and you press the interact button and you kind of zoom in and it's like the whole screen is the machine and then you might have different buttons or levers that you can press you're going to be talking to people so when you interact it'll bring up like conversation bubbles in a series of words some other things you might do are like assume the position you'll see like a phantom icon for what your character could be doing it could be involved in like a stealth level or a portion of the level where you're crouching behind something or it could be like blending in or following like a line of people walking in a certain pattern and it's really interesting because you only have to press it once you don't have to like hold it it could be things like pulling levers to go up and down an elevator and it could be to use an item that you have in your inventory that can interact with like a machine or something like progressing in this game is interesting so there are different levels and these are like different areas of a tower. So it's like levels of a tower. And each of these areas has a specific like people. Not like race or anything like that, but it's just, I guess, like more appropriate like class. So it's different like types of people on each level. And the overall goal is to climb this tower, like get to the top. So you're going to have to like progress through the level that you're on in order to unlock the way to the next level. And what's interesting about this game is that in order to progress, you're going to have to figure out the language of that level. And each level is going to have its own unique language with unique symbols. And it's not that you have to learn the entire language, but in order to figure out how to progress to the next level, you're going to need to know what's going on or what you need to do in order to do that. 
Now the different languages are interesting and you will have a journal and every time that you are exposed to a different character in the particular language, it'll pop up in your journal as like a black circle. And so anytime you read symbols on a sign, anytime you're hearing people talk, they'll get recorded in your journal. And each language I think has somewhere between 30 and 35 characters. And so as these words populate in your journal, you can try and start to deduce what some of these symbols mean. And I know that seems complicated because you're not getting anything. You're not seeing any English language or anything like that really telling you what's going on. But but what's gonna happen is, as you interact with more things, whether it's talking to people, whether it's seeing what they're doing, whether it's interacting with these different machines that might have a sign or something like that, you're gonna be able to input guesses on your journal menu, just as like a type in, and it'll pop in as like a placeholder. So if you guess that a word means like go or make or something like that, Anytime you see it or interact with it in the world, it'll pop up as your guess so that you can start to see how it flows or what context you're seeing it with other words so that you can be like, oh, I don't think it means that because that person's not doing anything related to that or something like that. The majority of this game is going to be deductive reasoning. And so what you're going to find yourself doing in these levels, in these areas are, that are kind of like individual sandboxes, is you're going to be revisiting a lot of conversations with people. You're going to be seeing signs again. You're going to be going back to check on like, okay, if I input this for this word, like how does it apply to this other thing where I saw it? And then so as you get more of these symbols and you populate your journal with them, you're going to see different puzzles where you're going to be trying to see contextual meaning for these symbols. You're going to be doing different things. You might play games. And what's interesting is the game is trying to get you to jump in and take guesses about what some of these words mean. So when you open up your journal, each language is going to have the symbols populate on the right side. And then on the left side will actually be the journal where you're going to sometimes get pages that are going to help you verify or try to figure out the correct meaning of these words. And every so often you're going to get a new page in your journal where basically it's going to be picture association. So you might see four pictures and it's asking you to input four symbols that mean what the pictures mean. So it could be something as simple as like door or open or go or make. Now you do have to deduce that that's what the picture means, but it should be pretty obvious what the picture is trying to illustrate. And what sparks these? There could be many different things that'll spark your character starting a new journal page in order for you to guess or verify the correct meaning of words. Early on, some of it is just once you write in guesses for a certain number of symbols, it'll ask you almost like a test. Like, do you know what this means, this means, and this means? And what I really like about the game is it kind of brackets it off. Like the very first area, you're exposed to like three symbols and you have to do certain things. Like you're pulling levers to like open doors. And so it's trying to get you to understand what specific words in that context mean. So as not to like overwhelm you with like, okay, here are 30 symbols. What could they all possibly mean? It's like, no, you're only getting exposed to four or five at a time. And then you're kind of trying to figure them out piecemeal. So the game is really good about how it exposes it to you. As you get further into the game, it might be that you complete a puzzle or you play a game or you interact with a machine where now that you've seen these symbols in this context, whether you realize what their meaning is or not, it's going to give you an opportunity to guess like as a journal page, like, okay, what does this picture mean, this picture mean? 
And so there are a lot of different causes that'll allow you to verify what the words mean. Once you correctly guess them on the journal pages, it will tell you like, yes, this word means this, this word means this, so that you're not like guessing the rest of the game. Something else that your journal's useful for is that if you see like drawings or books or like codes in the world, sometimes they'll write them down in the journal so that you don't have to keep going back there, which is really nice. Uh, but it's not consistent because sometimes like there were particular signs that I wish that I had recorded. Uh, so sometimes we did while we were playing like take a picture of the screen just so we didn't have to go back to certain places. And then so the overall goal, like I said, is to open the door to the next area. And for the most part, you're gonna need to learn a lot of what the symbols mean, but you don't have to learn them all. If you're hunting for trophies, you will have to learn what all the symbols mean in all the languages, just so you know. And as you're progressing through these sandboxes or these levels, you will come across terminals. And these terminals are used for a couple different things. They're mainly used for fast travel, and you'll see a map of like the whole tower. There's like two on every level. And then so once you start to access these different terminals, you can go back to older areas. Maybe if you still need to clean up what some of the symbols meant. Something else that could be done at these terminals though are these communication links between some of the different levels. So basically you're trying to translate assisting different areas or different peoples from different levels to try and communicate together. So as you get further into the game and you're exposed to different languages, you're gonna try to like bring these different levels together and communicate between the symbols of the different languages. But other than that, the game is pretty simple. That's really all that you're doing. So in terms of pacing and accessibility, when you're getting into a new area, there's gonna be a lot of overwhelming possibilities but like I said, the game is pretty good about exposing you to like, okay, here are three or four once you kind of write in some guesses or once you kind of interact with these certain machines that are around, we'll see if you can guess those before we start to bombard you with all of them. But that does ramp up like once you get to like the second to last level, like you are getting overwhelmed with a lot of symbols at once, but there are different opportunities uh, to figure those out, which are really interesting. Pretty much you're going to go through the same process, finding a lot of symbols, uh, starting to assign some guesses from context and then find those new pages or trigger those new pages to kind of guide and pace the scope of what you're doing. In general, my advice would be patience, not persistence. So take time to digest, especially if you're not getting like three or four symbols and all of a sudden you got dumped like five more. I would say explore the whole area because something that I was getting overwhelmed by was like, oh my gosh, there's another area we didn't consider and we were banging our heads against a wall like trying to figure out these four symbols when we didn't have this other context. So if you're not seeing the whole area, you might miss out on something that might help you deductively. But a lot of it is gonna be trial and error. I mean, there were times where we're like, I think this symbol means fire and it wound up meaning something like up or something like that. And we we're like, okay, we were way off. So the deduction, it's gonna take time, but you're gonna have those aha moments even if you're just going back and forth between the same things. What I also like about this game is there is some variation in the gameplay. There are some portions of the level where you are kind of operating in stealth, where you have to either hide or crouch behind something uh, as different things pass, or you have to blend in, which is really interesting. There are different games. It might be like a card game. Uh, it might be like some kind of electronic game or something like that. You're not going to know anything, but you're just going to get context from like if you lost the game or what could the rules of the game possibly be, which would allow you to maybe understand what specific symbols being used in the game are for. And then one thing that really is going to help you is that when you get to a new screen in a level, you can hit a button that'll highlight all the possible interactions that are on the screen in front of you. So this is really good because a lot of times like I miss something like, oh, I didn't realize 
realized there was a door there and that led to like a whole nother part of the area. So having that is really gonna be helpful and anytime you go into a new screen, just kind of hitting that to make sure that you're touching on all the things. Again, exposing yourself to all the different options or the different contexts that these symbols could be used in is gonna be important for your deductive reasoning of figuring out these languages. Let's talk about the vibe of Chance of Sonar. So let's start with visuals. These colors pop so much. It reminds me a lot of Gris or Gris, which is a game that we talked about an episode a while back. It's a little different because Gris was very watercolory and very kind of blending and, and moving. This is very crisp. The lines are very crisp. The edges on like the objects that are colored a certain way. I love the combinations of colors, especially the first area. I think that's the one that really caught me in terms of jumping into the game. It's like this bright yellow paired with this like purple or magenta. And the combination of it is just so jarring and really really aesthetically interesting but the game itself really mimics a lot of like Escher paintings you can definitely see the influence like these staircases almost like the staircase to nowhere type thing so you'll see a lot of staircases in these levels you see a lot of like towers that represent like almost like a Middle Eastern or Indian get a feel of like Agrabah or something like that the scope of the game is interesting because the camera is consistently far away so you're really seeing that sense of scale, like how your character compares to the towers. And you're not zooming in to these characters, you're just getting like broad forms of them. But the differences in the different levels or areas and the peoples is going to be based on like their headwear or maybe the colors that they're wearing or the different costumes. Like you're not seeing like the full body or you're certainly not seeing facial expressions. Uh, you're just seeing like these broad costumes that allow you to differentiate. But what's going to be a big help is going to be body language. You're going to see like when when you go up to a person and hear what they have to say like they might be like gesturing towards something or they might be like exhausted or they might be really elated or something like that and so that does shine through and that's really helpful for deducing what symbols mean and what context they're being used in in terms of audio i really do like the music in this game it is kind of ambient but it really captures the different areas or the different peoples like there are different instruments that are used to convey different things like you're gonna hear a lot of woodwinds or a lot of oboes in certain areas um, and they really come through I really do like the full orchestration there and then some of the areas like when you're in a hallway or a more cavernous place like there is silence and it really can be deafening it's really interesting the contrast there and of course there's no spoken language like you're not hearing anybody talk but you are hearing like like you are hearing like the mumbling and so you're getting the inflection again very helpful for trying to deduce what symbols mean. Like, is someone angry? Is someone very happy? And so you can hear that in kind of the mumbling or the sounds that are a little bit muted from the characters. And in terms of themes setting, I really don't want to spoil too much, but you do get a sense of what's going on in this game from the very beginning. 
Obviously, this is a lot about language and translating language, trying to figure out what words mean. I like that there's a unique look and synergy of the symbols themselves. Like you might see some similarities in parts of speech, and this is gonna be unique for each language. Like something that my wife realized was like, oh, verbs look like they have you know, this circle around them. See how all the symbols that are verbs kind of have that. And so you'll see that. You'll also see unique takes on how to pluralize something or like compounding words, like putting two words together. Some of the languages do these things very differently and it's really interesting trying to establish the parity between them. And of course you will have to translate between languages. You'll see some signs that are very helpful when you get to a new area that are saying like this means this or these two lines of the sentence say the same thing but it's in two different languages really trying to get you to like establish early on like okay you already know what this symbol means in this language now it's going to mean this in this language so you're kind of seeing how to get some of these symbols in different ways and of course the terminal links in the terminals like trying to translate or connect different languages or peoples of different language so you're establishing a correspondence so as to connect these different peoples. And that's really going to be one of the major themes in this game. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but early on you realize that this is vaguely like a Tower of Babel kind of simulation or uh, at least a, a parable of it or some kind of offshoot of it. And so you have these different levels and the reason that you're trying to learn the language and get through is that like the different levels are separated, they're gated or there's something going on where the people aren't able to communicate. So it's really interesting how that's put together. And then of course the fact that you have different peoples, how they refer to each other, it's almost like a little bit of a caste system. And just recognizing as you learn different languages, like the complexity of them is going to increase. Like you're not always gonna have the same words, but you will have words that clearly might mean the same thing, but from different perspectives, which is really interesting. And I really like the synergy with the visuals. Like when you see when you get to a new level, you're going to see like, okay, these are these types of people. Like the first level is like a desert bazaar almost, like the yellow, I guess, sort of trying to simulate sand and then the purple capturing that contrast there. And then you're gonna get to like a fortress that is more like military base. You'll get to like a Grecian garden that's more like artistic and open-ended. And so the things that you encounter, the different puzzles, the different games are really going to also reflect the complexity of that society because I guess the game, I think, is trying to establish that they're getting more complex as you're going up the tower. Let's wrap up the conversation about Chance of Sonar. So I really feel like this was an incredible experience and I'm glad that it was a game that I played with my wife. So it's really something to have somebody have a different perspective or be able to have two sets of eyes looking at this. The game is pure deduction 
And so, like I said, it takes patience. It takes trial and error. I really think it was beneficial having someone next to me, especially if I was getting frustrated, like she could take over um, and we were able to look at it from different ways. In terms of just a game, I feel like it's a really nice break from typical games. A lot of puzzle challenge, some variation in what you're doing, some aha moments, despite like maybe initially being overwhelmed by certain things, but just deductive reasoning and a bit more relaxed, you know, not like a pressure cooker or anything like that. Nothing was timing. Great colors, great character and charm, and really kind of being reductive in all of that. Like there's not some extensive gameplay, nothing's like timing based. And so it's very simple. You're just interacting with objects, interacting with people and jotting down in your journal and figuring it out. I really liked playing this on the PlayStation Portal, and I think this is a great game to play with someone. Like I said, having another set of eyes, really helping you see different perspectives or understand the symbols in a different way or a different context. In terms of value, I think $20 is good for this game, for all the character that comes with it, all the deductive reasoning. I got it on sale for $16. I am more than happy with that price. I think if you ever see it under $15 on sale, it's an absolute steal. I think this game is really worthwhile. It's a nice palette cleanser it's something interesting it's something different and i think it will also be a nice game to change your perspective because a lot of us are going through intense third person action games whether it's from software games or whether it's some of the sony first party games and having this it's just like a nice palate cleanser but also something that is challenging that kind of ticks at your brain in a different way i, I think it's a great experience and i highly recommend this game all right that's gonna wrap it up for this episode Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you. Yeah.